When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who totally thought that denim vests and wedge heels were a serve in 2010. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Pictures, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2010's Easy A. Let me just begin by saying that there are two sides to every story. And this is my side, the right one. So here it is, part one. Do you want to go out with me? Brandon, just a couple hours ago, you told me you were gay. You said I should pretend to be straight. I didn't mean with me. I am tormented every day at school. Just one good imaginary fling. Which brings us to part two. Was that all of Brandon? No grunt. Make it convincing. And not only are we talking about Easy A on this week's episode, but we are doing a long-awaited collab between us and the podcast Movies That Raised Us. I am sure that there's a good portion of you guys that already listen to Movies That Raised Us because their show is literally (laughs) the exact same thing as ours. Like, their format's a little different, but... Um, yeah. not only do they review the same movies, they often do them at the same time. There's yes. two girl, two, uh, girl co-hosts and they also went to NYU. They'll join us for the second half. Yeah. But they will join us for the second half because again, we do not make our guests sit through the first half cause it's weird for them and we don't like to make people uncomfortable. So I don't even think it's not weird. It's just he- so facts heavy that, you know, it's just there's it just not takes much up, to react to. Yeah. Yeah. It also just like takes up even more time of the people that we're already asking to give their yeah. time for. So, you know, OK, damn, Audrey will not hear it <laughs> that it might be uncomfortable. Damn. Okay. I don't think it I think it could be fun for people. But yeah, I agree generally that. Yeah. OK, anyway, so we're doing easy. A, And <laughs> are we ready to get into the facts? I'm in the fighting spirit right now. Audrey's so. ready to square up like Everybody at the drop of a hat out. right now. <laughs> we just recorded the second half first, so we're pretty warmed up verbally here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, here are the facts. Easy A was released in the United States on September 17th, 2010, which was the beginning of my sophomore year of high school for those who care. Uh, This movie was directed by Will Gluck, who is also known as like a writer, producer, like do it all type of guy. Um, As a director, he is known primarily for Easy A, Fired Up, and the 2014 Annie, a classic. And he's done a lot of TV. Um, He's directed Gross Point. Well, he's like done, maybe not just directed, but also like produced 
produced and written on gross point the michael j fox show woke the mccarthy's moonbeam city sneakerheads he's done a lot of tv he's like primarily a tv person um this movie was produced by two people and like one of them was will gluck so same guy and the other person was named zanny devine I'm going to go with that pronunciation. And she has worked on a lot of really cool projects, but specifically, uh, I, Tanya, Cinema Verite, The Grizzlies, Secret Society of Second Born Royals, which is like a Disney show, uh, Southside with You. And you know, I had to include it. Bring it on all <sighs> or nothing. So she's made some good contributions to our canon here. Um, the screenplay for Easy A was written by Burt V. Royal, who is uh, listed on IMDb as the screenwriter for the screenplay of 13, the musical, the movie, which I guess is going to happen. Uh, did not know that. Yikes. Now I know. <laughs> Should be interesting. And he also wrote for Cruel Summer, Recovery Road, some more TV stuff. Um but perhaps most importantly, the movie Easy A is based off of the classic novel, The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne, which was uh, one of the first, if not the first, like widely published piece of fiction in the United States. So cool just for that context. But, you know, it's very much high school required reading. Yeah. And just a little bit of like a blurb on what the story actually is. I got this from good old Wikipedia set in Puritan, Massachusetts Bay colony during the years 1642 to 1649. The novel tells the story of Hester Prynne who conceives a daughter through an affair and then struggles to create a new life of repentance and dignity containing a number <laughs> of religious and historic allusions. The book explores themes of legalism, sin and guilt. So I don't yeah. really know what legalism means, but sin and guilt kind of are an easy a really just guilt is an easy a but like for no real reason uh, yeah i mean what are the themes like we're not really exploring the same theme no um, no because no. emma's character olive is not actually doing any of the things right that you cannot deal with themes like that if you are not literally going through it like she's like yeah. not going through it yeah. um but I did read this book in 10th grade. I assume you did too. I think it was 10th grade. Mm-hmm. I was supposed um, to read it. <laughs> AP English. And we, I think everybody read it though, regardless of like level. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Boston after we read it. <laughs> Fun fact. That was junior year that we read. Oh, yeah, that's junior Scarlet year. Letter. But yeah. I um, I wasn't allowed to go on the Boston trip my junior year because um, the weekend before, fun fact about me, I was in a somehow nationally ranked youth barbershop quartet. And we went to Houston, Texas the weekend before to compete in the International Rising Star Barbershop Quartet Why weren't you allowed to go? Because mom and dad were like, you can't go on two trips two weekends in a row. Oh, okay. That's boring. Was it, was it arbitrary? <laughs> yes. Uh, the Boston anyway. trip was fun. As I know. Fun. That was the whole thing. So, like, damn it. Yeah. I was too busy placing sixth at a barbershop quartet <laughs> competition. Um, anyway, so want to read us this plot synopsis? 
Here's the plot synopsis. After a little white lie about losing her virginity gets out, a clean-cut high school girl sees her life paralleling Hester Prynne's in, in The Scarlet Letter. No, she doesn't, which she is currently studying in school until she decides to use the rumor mill to advance her social and financial standing. That's not a good summary. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't act... Well, I guess it kind of parallels The Scarlet Letter, but whatever. Um, these taglines, yeah. though. Uh, we've got three taglines. Uh, the first one is a comedy about a good girl, a small favor, and a big rumor. The second one is the rumor-filled, totally false account of how I ruined my flawless reputation. That's like a direct quote from the yeah. movie. And then the third one is let's not and say we did. I don't. Okay. I still don't even understand. Like we didn't even really get into this in the second half, but like, a con like the small fee, the small favor and the big rumor, but like the rumor started because she just decided to arbitrarily lie <laughs> yeah. for no reason. So the, yeah. the, the favor wasn't even the beginning. I don't get why they didn't just have that be the, be the first thing. Yeah. Like, I, I kid you not, like, the stakes of this movie are just non-existent. Yeah. There's, yeah. No. We have opinions <laughs> about this movie, clearly. Um, we're not supposed to express them until we get into the second half, but you know what? It might just bleed into the first a little yeah. bit. Um, but agreed fully. So this cast, um, extremely stacked, as we have discussed and will discuss in the second half. But uh, let's just run through these people. So first, we have Emma Stone as Olive. Uh, she has been in like a bazillion movies that were relevant to our childhood and young adulthood. But just to name a few, she is known for being in La La Land, Easy A, The Help, Birdman, Superbad, Cruella, LOL, The Favorite, The Amazing Spider-Man, The House Bunny, and Zombieland. I love The Favorite. I think The Favorite might be my favorite movie that doesn't have Jack Black in it. <laughs> I love That's that funny. movie. How many times have you seen it, do you think? Like three, probably. Yeah. I just think it's so absurd and great. And you should really watch more it. of his films, more of the director's films. They're insane. I shall. Like, I mean, watch I'm... Dog Tooth. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I will. Um, and then next up we have Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes is Marianne. And this is really chillingly her most recent credit on IMDb. Um, I wish that she was in this movie more. She doesn't really get as much meat as she could. I just think she's miscast, if we're being honest. She's I really agree. miscast here to me. Yeah. And yeah. I know people. And it's like, I think that she did the absolute best she could at that time for what she was given and also where she was in life. Like, yes, like, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. But she was miscast. I mean, kind of a lot of people were, if you ask me. But that's that's me. The controversial takes are coming out now that it's just us. <laughs> I, first half. I, yeah, it's hard because there, if you have a lot of nostalgia for Easy A, then like, of course, like, yeah, it, it everybody is iconic. Like literally every yeah. single person is, but it seems almost like they 
had like a roulette wheel of like yeah right it's like mad libs yeah Yeah. just like fill in the blanks sort of yeah but i know that's shady but what do you mean it's a little shady but it's okay um (laughs) anyway so we all know who amanda Bynes is but just a list of relevant stuff she was in uh the amanda show and all that she's the man what a girl wants easy a sydney white which i'm still so excited to do eventually what i like about you rugrats big fat liar uh, and many, many more, but those were sort of the main things. And then next up we have Penn Badgley as Woodchuck Todd. Um, Penn Badgley is very much synonymous with his role as Dan Humphrey on Gossip Girl. He's also literally playing the exact same character in this movie. Yeah. They basically just wrote Dan 2.0. Yeah. Like cute guy that sees you for who you really are, even though you're known as being like a whore. (laughs) Literally, like, how lucky can you get? Like, if that is your typecast um, yeah. in teen content, like, you are the luckiest man on the planet. Yeah. But that's why he's so good in you. Because you, yeah. like, trust him. Yeah. Like, baseline trust him. And then he's, like, such a creep. So, anyway, he's on You, which is, like, a huge Netflix show. Uh, John Tucker Must Die, Margin Call. And his first credit on IMDb is that he was a voice in Mario Golf, which I found to be really funny. <laughs> Um, and then next up we have Dan Bird as Brandon, um, who was so familiar. And I was like, why, why, why? It's because he plays Carter in a Cinderella story. Thank you for your service, uh, Dan Bird. But other things he was in, he was in Cougar Town, The Hills Have Eyes, Utopia, Aliens in America, Are We There Yet? 2003 featuring Jojo. And interestingly, Weep Away for Now, which was the indie movie with Ali and AJ in it, which is interesting because Ali Michalka is also in this movie as Rhiannon. Why is she named Rhiannon? We never even got into that. But okay, we all know her from like Phil of the Future, Cowbells, Now You See It, like early 2000s uh, Disney stuff. Um, But she also was in Band Slam, which we also will definitely cover at some point. Hellcats, Two and a Half Men, and iZombie. And of course, she's known for doing music with her sister AJ, contributing to the culture. We love that. Um, And then just a few more people. We have Patricia Clarkson as Rosemary. Uh, She is best known for being in The Green Mile, Far From Heaven, Shutter Island, and The Station Agent. Rosemary is Olive's mom, which is so stupid. Olive is Olive and her parents are named Rosemary and Dill. Like, bro. Um, (laughs) And Dill, who's the dad, is played by Stanley Tucci. We've literally talked about him 5,000 times on this show, so we don't have to go into what he's in. He's in everything. Um, And then we have Cam... Gijande, I'm going to go with Cam Gijande as Micah. And he was James in Twilight. He's also Jack in Burlesque. And he was on the OC. So definitely holds his own in the genre that we cover on this show. Yeah. And he's he's just like a great Easter egg as a human being in this movie, I have to say. Yeah. Okay, Audrey. All right. So uh, let me just talk about the budget. The budget was $8 million estimated, I'm assuming. <laughs> it was not exactly $8 million. <laughs> um, the box office opening weekend made $17,734,040. And the overall worldwide gross is $75,026,216. So, uh, yeah, they made their money. They made their money back. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think there was a world in which this movie was not going to be successful. So Mm -hmm. that's not really surprising. 
There's an 85% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and the critic consensus is it owes a huge debt to older and better teen comedies, but Easy A proves a smart, witty showcase for its irresistibly charming star, Emma Stone. So there really weren't a ton of reviews that were particularly groundbreaking in the positive or negative way. Everyone was basically like, Emma Stone is good. Uh, the Scarlet Letter, haha. Um, but this was a review from someone from this year. And she says, with scintillating wit and endlessly quotable dialogue, Easy A is a potent critique of retrograde attitudes towards female sexuality, which to me... It's a reach. There's no, there is no female sexuality. <laughs> they literally don't, they do not fuck in this movie. There is zero female sexuality in the movie. Yeah, that's, that is honestly the biggest gag of the whole thing. <laughs> that there's actually no female sexuality at all. Do people even, is there even, is there even a kiss? No. No, she like hugs Dan Humphrey on the. Yeah, the there's door. not even a kiss. So, hey. Yeah. Somehow they made a whole teen movie about sex and nobody even touches it. No one even has sex. Uh, you know, it's true. Um, and then this, the audience score was 77%. People liked it. I looked at all the reviews. No one really had anything particularly interesting to say. But we have a lot to say in the second half. So you'll hear all we have to say. But the gossip section, we have to get into that really fast. Okay, so in 2010, this was my sophomore to, uh, no, it was second half of freshman year and first half of sophomore year for me. So, Audrey, that would have been seventh grade and eighth grade, right? Yeah. So, things in 2010 that were significant. Let me just see here. Okay, so the social network came out. That was significant. Glee was like really hitting its stride. Like people were super duper into Glee. Um, also, people were kind of just getting more into like Broadway in general at the time. It was the year of Angry Birds. If you recall that time, yeah. that game. Twilight was really at its peak. The third movie in the Twilight Saga came out that year. So we were still living that life. The whole like Conan O'Brien, Jay Leno drama was happening then. And everyone was like really, really excited that Conan got his own show on NBC that year. Jersey Shore was still a big thing. That's probably good. I think yeah. that paints the picture. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of things going on, but those were sort of some of them. Okay. And the last thing I will say is that the iPad came out that year and people were really hype about iPads. So that was sort of the vibe at the time. Audrey, what were you doing in 2010? I have no clue. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> but Really? Not really. I mean, it's interesting because technically we do remember 2010 like it is in our actual memory it's not something that is remembered through pictures or videos or something right it's like, it was before then it's like actually remembered so I guess there's certain things I do remember about middle school I generally wasn't having the best time um <laughs> I remember I basically was just like upset at how much we were being disciplined <laughs> in middle school not by our parents but at the school oh my god I forgot about that yeah we had like a really brutally harsh middle school yeah they were just like they had like no empathy almost like it was just yeah. like very rigid 
and like a lot, like strict rules, like very, very strict rules and zero tolerance. So like you show up with a skirt that is like one inch above your fingertips and all of a sudden you're sitting in the princess office. Like That happened to Audrey. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, I got in a lot of trouble in middle school, too. I feel like that place really sets you up for failure, though, to be totally honest. They do. Honest. Like, they they absolutely, like, believed the worst of you. <laughs> they do. They do. They, like, believe that everyone is rotten in their core. Like, yeah. I got so many detentions in eighth grade because I would never do my homework to the extent that my teacher wanted me to. And yeah. I got, like, eight billion open libraries that year. And... It was really hard. Middle school was really, really hard. Yeah, it's just strange because, like, where we went to school, Hannah didn't go to the fifth and sixth grade school, but I did, and I loved it. They It mm-hmm. literally used to be a Montessori school. Like, it was yeah. hippy-dippy, no-walls type of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the seventh, eighth grade school, and it's like, welcome to prison. <laughs> like Literally, so, it was. it's so horrible. It was so it, bad. Yeah, it's interesting, but I think um, the culture is lit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's also one other thing about this time that's important that I didn't mention, which is that this was like peak Lady Gaga, like early, like poker face, like between the fame and the fame monster, like the deep mania moment. And we didn't even mention that like Poker Face is like the big song in Easy A, which I feel like is so representative of the time. You know, when did you hear the song in the movie? Because I didn't hear it. It's only in the trailer. No, it's in the movie. It's in the movie. Uh, When? I'm pretty sure it's when she walks in with the corset and the sunglasses. I don't think it was. <laughs> no, it's in there. I'm going to find it and I'll, I'll prove it. I'll prove okay, it. Okay. I might be wrong, but I just watched it and I didn't hear the song. I was waiting for it and then I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, we'll see what, what it yeah, is. We'll Regardless, see. it was licensed for the film and used in promotional material. So yeah. that still speaks to the popularity. Yeah. And we did go to that concert in 2000. We did. It, we I went think. to the fame. Mon- no, we went to the Monster Ball, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Good, okay. good pictures from that. Very good pictures from that. Maybe we'll post some just for fun. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to go watch this movie, which we highly recommend, you have to do it on Amazon Prime. That was the only place we could find it for like a I reasonable. Mean, it's it's open. Price. You can rent it anywhere. But, but you yeah, have to pay. You have to pay. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have the hookup otherwise. Sad. In which case, good for you. Um, okay. Well, we will be back. And when we return, Mo and Christina will have joined us. And we will have just a good old big discussion. Uh, Sleepover Cinema with Movies That Raised Us crossover event at last. And we will see you back here momentarily. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. 
Okay, everyone, we are back for the second half of our episode and our guests have joined us. We have Mo and Christina here from Movies That Raised Us. Hi, welcome. Hello. (laughs) And can you both just differentiate who's who? Like, can you say who you are so people can tell the voices? I'm Christina. Mm -hmm. And I'm Mo. Yay, cool. Okay, so... I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this collab has been coming on for quite a while. (laughs) Yeah, the crossover (laughs) is so insane. It'll be like, we'll like release an episode and Christina will be like, oh, hey, like we should listen to um, your guys' (laughs) episode. We'll do like the same movie. (laughs) Yes, we've had that experience too. And it's doubly weird because not only are our podcasts the same thing, (laughs) but we also all went to NYU. Yeah, I feel like that's more like a NYU to podcast (laughs) pipeline. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like if there's one thing NYU prepares you for, it's this sort of thing. So just out of curiosity, when did you both graduate and what did you major in? We We were both 2018 and we both majored in drama. Okay. Yeah. We were at the Experimental Theater Wing. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. I was just about to ask. So you've truly been through some shit, mostly. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, whenever you see, like, acting classes on TV where they're, like, like, you're, like, is this real? Like, do they really do this shit? And I'm, like, yes. Yes, they do. Living proof. Like, I was watching Barry the other day, and I was, like... I'm unwell. (laughs) Yeah. 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 ETW always seemed really scary to me. Um, (laughs) I was in dramatic writing, so I didn't Mm -hmm. have to do anything with my uh, body, but much with my soul. Sure. As you know. And Audrey. What was film like? Um, It is... A lot of work, honestly. <laughs> like, it's it's just, like, a, yeah. a lot of um, classes where you just make stuff every week and, like, you just never stop. Like, it's just a grind. And then once mm. you get older, like, junior, senior year, it you can slow down if you want. Or, you could like, you could just focus on writing or whatever you wanted to focus on. But if you choose to, like, keep making projects, they just get more logistically difficult basically and then and then you graduate yeah. <laughs> there it is wow <laughs> yeah also did not realize y'all were siblings oh really didn't yep. notice not that at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you wouldn't know well I think in person it's a little bit more noticeable but Audrey's also like 5'10 and I'm 5'6 and I'm mm. older but she seems older and we don't really have sibling vibes, but I think that lends itself to our uh, show. That's interesting. Of. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting that you didn't know. Okay, so now that we've gotten all of that on the record, yes. we are here today to talk about 2010's Easy A. Um, and I think what I would like to start with is just by asking both of you when... And, and Audrey, all of us, I guess. Um, when you remember watching the movie for the first time and like what early associations you have with the movie. Yeah. I'm I'm like wondering, because I can't remember the exact time I saw it. I'm trying to remember if I saw it in theaters. Because I feel like if I was in, uh, maybe it's end of middle school. So probably not. I do remember seeing it and being like, oh, I read the scarlet letter and so I probably saw it freshman year of high school 
Yeah, I would have watched it as well freshman year of high school, but I was living in Singapore at the time and Mm. some movies just didn't come to Singapore or if they did, they were like pretty censored or they would have a really high age limit. Like I think Easy A would have been NC-16 when I was like 14. So I did schmilegally stream it (laughs) um, at home and I watched it and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I immediately went into my brother's room and I was like, you need to watch this movie with me right now. And I watched it immediately a second time right wow. after watching it the first time. Oh That's my so God. Fun. So this is, yeah. so this is a fave of yours. Yeah. But I haven't watched it really since high school. So it was pretty nice. wild revisiting nice. it. Okay, yeah. good. I, yeah. That is, that is music to my ears because that's what <laughs> we love to have happen on this thing. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Audrey, what are your associations? Um, it's weird because I actually, I have no clue when I watched it the first time. I, I, I guess it roughly would have been in high school or so, something like that. I think I might have watched it after I was really into Gossip Girl because of mm-hmm. Penn mm-hmm. Badgley. <laughs> yes. And uh, that might have been it. And then mostly, though, like when I think of the movie, all I think of is like, I got a bucket, got a bucket full of sunshine, you know. Was like, I was so yeah. excited for that montage scene. <laughs> yeah. I love that song. Right. Yeah. I think, so I don't remember when I first saw it, but I do remember it being like very much in the sauce of my high school experience, especially Emma Stone just as a person mm. was very much in the sauce. Like, uh. and I had kind of forgotten until I compiled all the movies that she was in that will, they're in the first half of the episode. And I was mm. like, oh damn, she was really in everything. And also, well, this is kind of getting into the movie, but just like watching her and like Allie of Allie and AJ like, playing opposite each other. I was like, make it make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's so weird. weird it's kind of weird. She does a pretty yeah. good job though. I was like. I know. Wow. Yeah. Watching it again, I was like, okay, Ali yeah. Mashaka, get your <laughs> yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. the movie was insanely well cast. Like, I love, yes. I'm also just a huge Amanda Bynes fan. And I think this uh-huh. is like the last movie she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So seeing her on screen was like incredible. She's so funny. Her comedic timing is always impeccable. And then, like, I loved Emma Stone's. Um, or Olive's parents, like Stanley Tucci and... Oh, my gosh. I forget her name, but she's also very famous. The mm-hmm. mom character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were great. They were, like, the perfect parents to put in this movie. Well, then why don't we just streamline straight into what the good things from watching this movie again? What really stood out as particularly good? I'll go first since I'm talking. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll allow myself to go first. Okay, so... Okay, I don't have a ton of, like, nostalgic love for this movie, so I'm going to be kind of going in on it. Just <laughs> just a warning. Um, but uh, I really loved... Well, you know, like, gayness is such a big part of this movie. Like, it mm-hmm. is and it isn't at the same time. Yeah. But And, like, some of the writing around it I, like, didn't love, but then some of it I really loved, particularly when Olive describes her friend as having said that he, like, just identified as a, a Kinsey, Kinsey Six, six gay. gay. Like, yeah. that was really funny. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was great. And then also Stanley Tucci being like, I was gay once for a while. (laughs) We all did it. It was okay. Like, especially because it's him and that's like the ongoing joke of his career, basically. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was tasty. And 
there was a really, really good deep cut Death Cab for Cutie song when the mo- you know what I'm talking about. I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah, when it was like the mom talking to Olive about how she needs to like. It was like near the end of the movie, and they're like sitting yeah. on the car. Oh, um, yeah. I was like. This is so classic 2010 that it's like a really mm-hmm. good random indie song, like in the background of a scene where it like doesn't even make sense that I found really amusing. And I also loved that Penn Badgley was the mascot. That just really yes, amused me. He was me. so hot as the blue devil. I know. Yeah. I, was like, I know. <laughs> okay. So yeah. someone else take the good things baton. Mm, oh, guys, we, Lelaine, Lelaine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the, the Lelaine cameo. <laughs> I was, floored like I, I was actually floored yeah. right there I was like why why does okay. she not have a more real part here um I don't know but I I love to see her when I saw her I was like why does she look so familiar I literally couldn't place her until right oh, now okay. but now I know yeah. yeah yeah and I feel like she's also uncredited I don't think she's I even her no, on I am <laughs> Like when yes. I was looking at when the movie started playing, I was like, wait, where the fuck is Lelaine in this? And then when she came at the end, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like the the kid who I forget, I think his name is Brandon. The, like he's Cinderella story, dude. Like, yeah. Yes. yeah, I love that. And yeah. he plays a really similar character in both of those. It's like he's really yes. been... Yes typecast here but what are you gonna do um I mean the casting is kind of like batshit crazy honestly (laughs) I think it's weird because I'm so pleased to see all these people like I I love Mm -hmm. to see so many familiar faces on the screen in such a short period of time but at the same time like I, I don't know that they really like the words that were coming out of their mouth and who they are, it was like really hard for me to like <laughs> conflate all of that. And I, I don't know, it was almost kind of distracting to me. And like, it's just like a lot of really hot girls. Like, like it's just, just like all hot girls. <laughs> and it just seems unlikely. Like these, all of these people <laughs> would just not... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, where's the where's the yeah. best friend that like nobody really fit an archetype per se, which is kind of interesting. Like they are going for something a little bit off. I don't even know how to explain this. It's almost like they were trying to make the mainstream indie like like a mainstream indie mm-hmm. movie. Um, or like coming from. smart dialogue or like trying to be a little cheeky or something. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I don't even know if I liked it at this point in time. <laughs> I, I don't think I really did, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I think there were some things, you know, that aged poorly, but overall I did enjoy watching it. I like the whole like premise in general. It's like, oh, I agreed to do this favor for my friend and it spiraled out of control. I'm like, cool, let's go with that. Right. Um, and then I also just love the characters that they made. Like, I love Amanda Bynes' character. I thought it was so funny. I like Rihanna, Rhiannon, um, as a character, even though I was like, she pisses me off, like, endlessly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just thought that there are... What I appreciated about it was that, like, 
the characters didn't have to be right all the time. There wasn't that like best friend who's like, actually, like I'm really morally like sound or, oh, I, I actually have all the right answers for this. Yeah. And I love that like Olive kept getting screwed over in multiple ways. Like it wasn't like an easy way out of her situation. There's more complicated thoughts I have, but I'm going to save that yes. to yeah. things that didn't age as yes. well. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The things that are a good section tends to be the light and fluffy <laughs> section anyway. So, okay. Yeah. So now into the things that were worse than we remember or struck us as particularly bad. Um, controversial because, Christina, you just said that you really loved the parents. <laughs> I think that the actors did a good job. Yes. However... I hate it in movies when kids act so informal with their parents, not because, Mm -hmm. okay, like art is art, right? But as like a teenager in that era, like walking into someone's house and like watching kids like call their parents by their first names and like be like overly casual, but like it's weird. Like that just sends me to such a specific place and it just made me so uncomfortable. And I'm like, who's parents talk like this like it was like what Audrey was saying with like the indie quirky thing Mm -hmm. being like placed on it which like that was such a thing at the time it was and it really hit the the moment yeah but the moment especially that like made me cringe so much and I know it's supposed to be like funny and like lighthearted, but when um when the okay what's the guy's name Carter not but not Carter Brandon Brandon, uh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. When Brandon came over and the mom was like, your suitor is here. And they did like that whole <laughs> shtick. I was like, I hate this. Like the whole fake Southern thing. I like couldn't. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't miss this in the culture at all. But OK, that was fine. Uh, I got over that. And then, oh, of course, in 2010, like w- there were some exceptions, but the looks are not. <laughs> for me yeah so no <laughs> it was yeah. a rough time in fashion I will agree yes mm-hmm. yes like the long tank tops with the vests yeah like damn or I like a little bell bottom high heel yes yeah yeah like the fact that like a slutty outfit if you will was like a vest with a tank top and skinny jeans <laughs> and like wedge heels I'm like how is this even bad I don't even know so that just really it was rolling around in my brain I thought that throughout the whole movie, when Olive chose to lie or not lie, felt like really arbitrary. Like she wasn't telling Rhiannon that the whole thing was a lie at the beginning, but then she did tell Brandon. And I was like, wait, why? Like, how are you picking who you're telling Mm -hmm. the truth to? That was a little bit weird to me. I have like a whole list of things. I felt like just (laughs) in regards to that, like her relationship with Rhiannon still confuses me saying after watching because I'm like you never really it seems like when the movie starts it's like oh these girls are gonna like have some sort of falling out or some sort Mm -hmm. of moment of like honesty that brings them closer together but it kind of still felt like by the end of the movie Olive was still like yeah my best friend (laughs) is this like super bitchy girl who I don't feel comfortable sharing Mm -hmm. everything with yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they justified that relationship yeah. really at all. I was like, I don't understand why they're friends other than like they live in the same town or they grew up together. But uh-huh, give yeah. us like a couple more moments of like their actual yeah. friendship so that I can buy yeah. it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I had I had the same thought 100 mm-hmm. percent, too. 
the premise of the whole movie or like the idea that it wouldn't be cool for her to have sex in high school. Like when it's not. Yes. Yeah. That was weird to me. Cause yeah. I was like, yes, if yeah. this actually happened, like, I don't think people would care. They don't like, give a people shit. People wouldn't be mm-hmm. staring at her. No. And like, and, and I think that yeah. had it been set in a really, really religious town, a really, really, really religious right. school, then yes, this yeah. is scandalous. But if you've got a group of like Amanda Bynes and seven like weird people who care, um, <laughs> I don't think that is going to in California. Yeah, like the, yeah right. Yeah, you know, where right. like Rhiannon's parents were like topless when they went over yeah, for dinner. Yeah. Like, it's like they simply, this just wouldn't happen. Like she would not be ostracized for this. Um, yeah. And she yeah. didn't even do it. And so yeah. who cares? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. But I think it had the tone of the movie been different or the setting. Like if they, there were moments where it was so campy that I was like, okay. You know, it almost in like the way of like saved or something. Like it is kind of, it had moments of mm-hmm. that, but it didn't like completely dive into that. Um, mm-hmm. Which makes sense because it's, very mainstream is like a huge budget movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just like the whole time I was like, I just don't, nothing about this makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting watching it now that I'm older mm-hmm. than Olive because I'd always watched it being younger. Yeah. And now looking at it, I'm like, oh my God, children should not be involved in sex work. This is like, <laughs> this has a whole different tone to me yeah. now than it yes. did when I was yeah, a kid. Same. Yeah, her choices, mm. like the the choices that she makes and how she makes them and the way that adults react are a- absolutely mm. insane. Like, the, who are these adults? Yeah, it's <laughs> like pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like her parents are like, hey, no shade. Like, you're dressing a little wild. Are you okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, everything's under control. I'm 17. My parents would be like, <laughs> um, you're no. 17. Not, like, you have nothing under control. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Um, yes. They trust her too much. <laughs> they, yes. Yeah. They absolutely do. I like the, it's hard because I like the parents, but it doesn't all connect. They're bad parents. <laughs> Do you really think they're bad parents? <laughs> I mean, they have good moments with her, but they're not really parenting they're her. They're friending her. They're like being friends. Yeah. 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 But the way I that think- they do give her like support and love, but they're not guiding her, I think, in yeah. the way that a child needs. I feel like, I mean, yeah, it is. I, I agree to an extent because it is like a fictional movie and they obviously like mm-hmm. don't enforce any rules upon her. But I do think that it's outlined in a way where Olive is like has always followed the rules. She's never done anything like, you know, off the beaten path. And so when she finally does, her parents are like giving her space. But at the end, they do like her mom does talk to her and they have like that moment um, like of honesty, I guess, but yeah. 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 Wait, did, this is also off topic, but did you guys like catch when she mentioned gossip girl? Yes. And then I was like, yes. wait, yeah. wait, so gossip girl wait. exists, but Dan, 
They also mention Twilight yeah. and James from Twilight mm-hmm. is in the movie. They do like a lot of like self-referential things yeah. in this movie. I thought it was mm-hmm. like a fun like nod, but it is kind of just funny to think about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's oh, very yeah. aware that um, it's a movie. I, like I yes overall yes yes, yes and yes, the whole like totally. webcast framing of the whole thing is also super yeah. like 2010 um yeah mm-hmm. I forgot that it was a webcast yep. and when it started I was like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. It was giving me I or a photo booth <laughs> yeah. energy, like yeah. at the Apple Store on photo booth. There were a couple other things too that that made it super grounded in 2010 that I wrote, and one of them was that when she like sh- when okay when she like randomly decides that she's gonna start dressing like a skank or something, when she shows up and like how heavily featured the Ray Bans yeah. are when yeah. she's walking down yeah. the hallway, I was like, oh my god! So that really did it for me, and then also. Mm-hmm. The one of the first things she says in the entire movie in the voiceover, she's like, if Google Earth <laughs> was a guy, he wouldn't be able to see me if I was a skyscraper. And I was sitting there and I'm like, if Google Earth was a guy. Like I thought about that for so long and I was like, what does that even mean? Because I like, do you remember when Google Earth like dropped yeah. and everyone like downloaded mm. the app? Like that's yeah. what they're talking about, but just like how how hard it is to understand that reference now is just yeah. really funny yeah. to me. Like, like TBT to Google Earth. What a good moment for you us. You don't use Google uh, Earth to this day? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not firing up Google Earth on a daily basis. I, just I literally remember believe. in middle school, you would just drag the little guy and like drop it anywhere. And it would just, it was mm-hmm. very fun. Like when, when it in was school, fun. when we couldn't go on any website without like, hacking the system like I would well okay as Christina said earlier the proximity of children and sex work yeah yeah is a lot it's a lot and also there were just some things some of the ways that her male peers were interacting with her were like extremely abusive and not okay like the ones that I found the worst Like when the, okay, well, first of all, okay, the whole fat piece of shit moment. Okay. That was weird. But the fact that he was like, I'm going to give you, can I pay you to say this? And then she was like, no. And then he was like, well, I don't need your consent or I don't need your permission to tell people, which first of all is so fucking true. And that's secretly what makes this whole plot not actually make sense. And then he was like, oh, it never would work. I'm just fat and ugly. I was like, walk away now. <laughs> Don't engage in this. But then she yeah. does it. And I was like, wow, uh, I hate this. Yeah. And then the crush and the lobster thing and him like trying to come on to her like four times in a row. That was, I felt like they didn't need to put that in the movie. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And the facts that he had been like the crush of Rhiannon too. I was like, in what world, in what world does this, okay. This is messy because they're all supposed to be children. So whatever. Mm -hmm. But like in what world does like the hot guy have to pay (laughs) a random classmate (laughs) to hook up with him when you see that other people like him? I'm like, what? Yeah, it's almost very (laughs) contrived. The premise was based on like everyone at the school's abstinent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I yeah. It it didn't line up. I am. No, Mm -hmm. no. Also, 
I thought that it was like a really interesting slash bizarre choice that sort of the whole time, at least for me, I was like waiting for the relationship between Olive and the male teacher to become problematic. And then instead Mm -hmm. they were like, just kidding. It's actually his wife and this random 21 year old student. Like they're the illicit relationship. And I'm like, okay, but like, were you not kind of laying the groundwork for this other thing to be weird? Like I just, I just found that to be interesting. Yeah, I also can't see that actor as anything other than Lionel from George of the Jungle. <laughs> so it's fair. really hard That's for me fair. to not see him as a villain in like yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, this is a close relationship that feels like it's towing the line uh-huh. to inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extremely. Well, and yeah. also like... And a part of me is like, well, okay, maybe they decided to have it be the wife and this random student because that relationship is so much less fetishized, like, in the mainstream Mm. because it's, like, a woman and a younger guy. Like, you know, like, there's double standards with that shit all the time. Like, if, like, there's a female teacher preying on a male student, people are like, good for that student, haha, instead of it being, like, looked at as... Predatory. um, Like, a crime. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. It just was weird. Also, why did she have to have a black adopted brother? And then they made all the weird jokes about him being adopted. Like, it was bad. I found it to be super randomly placed. Like, yeah, it felt like that was like a scene or like a skit that somebody had written and was like, I want to use this for something. They were like, let's just put it in this movie. Yeah, Yeah. And the little brother got like, what, two lines, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But Um, also, I don't even know how to like approach the really weird uh, Huck Finn jokes. Ooh. Yeah. That was a little (laughs) motif that they threw in there. Yeah. Especially at the end. What was that? Literally, what was that? I I just, I wanted to like, like, scratch my eyes out I really did not enjoy that like button like that's not a joke like I don't get it It, because they could have just had him they had that shot of him watching what you thought was the live stream and then that could have been the last Mm -hmm. that we saw of Brandon Mm -hmm. and they didn't (laughs) need to put that extra little moment yeah I don't know it's funny too because when we first (laughs) saw the movie like I don't think I understood most of it Like, I truly didn't understand what I was watching. So we thought, of course, we Mm -hmm. thought it was good and fun and all of those things because it was. And a lot of the references and most of the things that are media related or like literature related, I didn't know about. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Hannah, do you notice that Mm -hmm. Amanda Bynes had our phone, our cell phone? Yes, yes, I did like, notice that. I wrote that down. It was a pink Sony Ericsson <laughs> flip phone. Oh, so good. <laughs> it was like pink and white and she had, I flipped out. I was like, where is she? I want that back yeah. so bad. Yeah, I felt seen. Yeah, Hannah and I moment. shared Absolutely. a phone. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah. The best thing about that phone was this was so good. You could choose. So there were like little light up panels on the side and you Mm -hmm. could assign different colors to different contacts. Oh, so it was so good. So depending on who texted you, it would be like green or pink or like red. And I just thought that was like the cutest moment. And I wish that I could still have that. It was like very fab looking back on it. I didn't know what I had when I had it. (laughs) Such a shame. The gimmicks that they had with flip phones. Are there any more specifically problematic things? Um, There is one thing I wanted to bring up when I was watching this. My boyfriend, um, like we live together, so he's also watching it. And he was like, have you heard that Easy A is the female Joker? (laughs) Have you guys heard that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. I've not heard about Easy A, but I've heard about other movies. But that... I think that does track like to a certain extent, because at some point, uh, Olive's Olive snaps like she literally (laughs) snaps. Something goes off in her brain and she decides the dance scene like at the pep rally. I was like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's like the equivalent of the Joker stairs. Right. It's the same. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same thing. She's on the stairs. She did it first. (laughs) Um. Also, speaking of that scene, A, I thought it was super random, but B, I thought it was also interesting because I was at NYU during the time when she was um, Sally Bowles in Cabaret. Oh, yeah. And I saw her in that show and it was the exact same as that scene, especially the awkwardness. (laughs) The awkwardness was extremely. But you know that it's a voice dub in the movie. Like that's that is yeah. not her voice. You think I so? know it's not her voice. I can just tell it's not. It sounded like her though. I bought it was it. a good dub, but it's not her. Like I'm like mm. ninety. If I, if this is I if I'm know. wrong, I'll have to look it up see if I'm wrong. But <laughs> okay, I really don't think it is her voice. I feel like I had read like in 2010 after I watched this mm-hmm. movie that when they recorded it. It was not her voice. She was singing along to something, but then she dubbed it. Mm-hmm. But that I read that ten, like eleven years ago, so that could very well be <laughs> yeah. incorrect. It, even yeah. if yeah, because regardless of whether it is her voice or not, I think what I was picking up on was the dubbedness of it. You know? Yeah, it's definitely uh, dubbed. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think one thing. So okay, normally we go through like good, bad, problematic, and then we try to wrap it up with some sort of like. <laughs> Deep take. <laughs> like a Socratic seminar type <laughs> scenario. Yeah. And I feel like the things that I was just really thinking about the most while I was watching it is A, was it, and I think it must have been, but was it that bad being gay in 2010 and being bullied like as a boy, you know, like when Brendan was talking mm. about it all? I'm like, I know that was like early era of there being like gay characters on TV. Like you had like your Kurt Hummel and shit. And obviously yeah. that's like a stereotype. I think but it was. I was wondering a lot about Hannah, that. Our experience is just not reflective of the world. Like it's just not. Yeah. So, so for Mo and Christina, we, I am not exaggerating. We, we went to NYU and still the place that we have the most gay male friends from is high school. Gotcha. Like, we had so many gays in our school. Are you from um, Cleveland, Ohio originally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're from a suburb uh, of Cleveland. And so I was just like, when he was saying, when Brandon was like, uh, Brandon, Brandon was like, 
things are going to be different someday, but they're not yet. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I teach high schoolers now. Like one of my jobs is I teach at a music school. And I was like, oh, you can be gay now, at least in Cleveland. And like, it does not Mm -hmm. like you don't really get bullied for it at all. So like, I truly don't understand Olive's mindset, like as a character, where is she coming from? She doesn't seem insecure. She doesn't seem like she wants to gain the approval of people she doesn't care about. She basically just did this whole thing because she was bored. I mean, there's really no... Right. She says... I guess I can see, like, her going from, like, no attention to being like, you know what, I'm going to, like, take some of the spotlight for myself. Mm -hmm. That was, like, the progression I saw for her, that she was like, I'm going to come out of my shell and, like, maybe I don't want to be as quiet as I've been. Yeah, that is like the literal motivation. Mm-hmm. But as the movie goes on, it gets yeah. harder to decipher. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I agree. Because it, it kind of felt like the whole thing was motivated by her like secretly being insecure about having not had sex yet. But then like yeah. she never actually says that. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering why. The, the fact that it felt like she was bored and then did it, at least to me, I agree, Audrey, it kind of felt like that. It it also fit in with like what was hip at the time, like the very like too cool for school, mm-hmm. it girl type thing, like not like other girls type thing. Yeah. It it fit in with that fabric in my mind. I least. mean, her fatal, her fatal yeah. flaw is almost just like being a people pleaser. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that that element of her does not get you know, it, it doesn't get exposed in any way. Like, that is not what she's learning about, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah in that, in that like, confessional moment, I mm-hmm. wanted more. Because, like, that was really the only peel-back-the-curtain moment that we yeah. got. Yeah. yeah. But it was more so just her talking about, like, you know, feeling bad about the lies that she's told. But I was like... I wanted like three lines where she's like, and this is why I did it because I wanted this from or something that would really cement that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And the thing that I, that like actually resonated with me because the whole time I was like, what am I looking for? Like, what's the kernel here? And I think Mm -hmm. Christina, what you just said is totally true. And on top of that, like what Audrey said about the people pleaser thing, it's like her realizing finally that she's actually being taken advantage of. Like she's being played. She's not playing yeah. them. That hit, I thought, which yeah. was nice. And mm-hmm. actually, well, this is like cracking open a whole can of worms, but it does sort of remind me of, you know, all the discourse around like the male gaze in general. Like, are mm-hmm. you using it to your advantage or are you still being objectified? Right. Like, where is the line? And like, is there even a line? Is it just mm-hmm. a mind frame it's, like yeah. that you look like at both. it from? Yeah, it's, in, yeah. it's both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that has really only intensified over the past 11 years, not gotten any more clear. Um, And so maybe that's the thing that hasn't really gelled yet, but there are other things in the movie that feel like they've been like improved upon with like the gay stuff at the Mm -hmm. very least. So there's a lot to think about in this movie, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. One thing I was thinking about throughout was um, we had 
So we do like a Star Dazzle Awards to like round up our year of movies. Yeah. And we have a category called Respectful King of the Year. <laughs> and so I posted like a clip about like with our nominees on TikTok and it did really well. People really liked it. And a lot of people were saying that Lobster Todd is a respectful king. I guess. I <laughs> I guess. But I'm just like, the bar is so yeah. low, you guys. Respectful because he didn't attack her in a parking lot? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I see where, yeah. I mean, he's that character in the movie. And people do mm-hmm. love this movie, like, so much. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know that people rewatch it that much. Like, I, yeah. and I do, th- I think yeah. on the rewatch, it's like, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what are they doing? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, the idea of Amanda Bynes' character is also just very bizarre. Like, it's it's pretty crazy. It's, like, not something you really come across. Like, she's preppy. She's pretty. She's religious. But she's yeah. unhinged. But she's... And I think Amanda herself was bringing a lot of that That energy to it Uh I think she made some fun choices but like the character on paper you would not cast Amanda Bynes as that character so it's unusual and there was like a few moments of that where I was just like also we didn't even talk about Lisa Kudrow like just I I, yeah Lisa Kudrow and James from Twilight yeah yeah dating yeah Gigande Yes, Shigande. <laughs> we had to look up how to pronounce it for our burlesque yeah. episode. We oh, did nice. Yeah. yeah, when I was compiling like the stuff about the casting, I was like, "Damn, this guy's in burlesque and Twilight. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. a, what a career! Honestly, <laughs> yeah." We just did Saved pretty recently, and that whole movie is about, like, making fun of that type of character. Mm -hmm. And I sort of feel like this movie was one of, at least in my mind, and, like, I very well could be wrong, but, like, one of the last movies, like, for young people that was, like, kind of dunking on religion sort of randomly. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like dunking on Christianity was such, like, an early 2000s thing because of, like, 9-11 and, like, you know, all the evangelical people being all riled up and George Bush and et cetera. Not saying it's not like that now. Totally is. is. Yeah. But but I feel like culture that we consume doesn't really like comment on religion all that often these days. Whereas like Mm -hmm. stuff for people our age 15 years ago did a lot. And so I thought it was interesting that this was kind of like the latest examples I could think of where that even came up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not really making statements like it's there, but they're not it's not like thematically important. No, and they're also it's kind of just it felt thing. more like a, a slice of what's happening in this town as opposed to like now here's like an evolution of something that's like changing. We were talking yesterday about while we were recording our Mean Girls episode <laughs> and we were talking about how each decade kind of has like an iconic teen movie. Mm-hmm. It's where like the 80s, it's like Heathers and for the 90s, it's Clueless and the 2000s, it's Mean Girls. And then for the 2010s, like, I guess it's this Because I can't really think Mm -hmm. of anything else that was really quite as popular. But even this doesn't live up to, like, Mean Girls, Clueless, Heathers in, like, the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. Mm. I mean. That's sad. It's because, like, yeah, like, tonally, like, that this type of movie progressed. It evolved and turned into Mm -hmm. something else. Um, I guess what would be, like. I feel like. 
I like the the same audience was hit by like Lady Bird. Yeah, like it evolved mm. into something oh. else. Yeah, you know? it's like it became more artful. another one that's more similar though than Lady Bird would be like Edge of Seventeen or like Book Smart. I guess mm. that's yeah, kind yeah. Of yeah. I guess Book Smart, Book Smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what it. I love that movie. Evolved. I into. need to rewatch that. I was like obsessed yeah, with good. that movie when it came out. Well, I still like it, but I like watched it in theaters maybe three or four times. Um, okay, so end of the day, all of these things in mind. Do we think that this movie holds up today and is it still worth watching? Slash, would you encourage a 14-year-old of today to watch it? (laughs) I can't say that I would encourage a 14-year-old to watch it. I would encourage, like, my peers to watch it again. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I like I'd watch it again. I think it's like a funny movie. It's not to be taken seriously though. Yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. this isn't like a movie that raised me. This is a movie that like <laughs> made me laugh. Yeah. 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 I, I don't even think that 14 year olds now would like this movie because it uh, is yeah. so millennial. I don't think, yeah, they, they would not like it. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't even think they would want to, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would ask my peers who either hadn't seen it growing up to watch it or who had to take another gander at it because it is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. um, I, that being said, I did. This movie was very formative for my sense of humor because it's also the first time I saw Emma Stone mm-hmm. in a movie. And I was like, oh, my God, like this brand of comedy is like so interesting to me. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely like grabbed onto it pretty tight when I was 14. But yeah. It's interesting to watch yes. it now as a grown-up. Yeah. Yes. But I must say, um, and I'm sure you guys have seen it, this on TikTok um, at some point, there's like a bizarre group of, I'm guessing teens, current teens, who like have nostalgia or like wish they could like experience the 2010s or something. Oh, the, the people who are like, oh, I wish I was a teen in 2014. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like oh God. I was, I lived it. <laughs> Oh no. And the pictures that they choose and everything. So I'm the Tumblr core. Yeah. 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 I'm sure they do exist Mm. that those, those teens who would like to watch and have seen easy a, but yeah, (laughs) you know, it had its good moments being, being in middle school and twilight came out is an experience like no other. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world. However, I think the world is in a better place. Sort of yeah. in, in some, some ways, ways these days, yeah. at the very least in it's in media, I think mm-hmm. things are a bit better. Yeah. So, OK, the group consensus is yes, worth rewatching. Yeah, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. For the experience of it, if nothing else. Yeah. Just <laughs> yes. to have a good time. Get some. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> OK, so Mo and Christina at last we have met we have had a conversation where can our listeners hear your show and find you guys online if they don't know already which they probably do if they don't know (laughs) if they don't already listen to your show which they probably do if you aren't already a hybrid fan yeah yeah, we are streaming on all wherever you get your podcasts we're there it's movies that raised us you can find us on Instagram at movies that raised us you can find us on Twitter at mtru underscore pod 
You can find us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod. You can also send us a good old fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Well, this has been the crossover event of our lifetimes thus far. Such a pleasure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Um, And I'm sure we will meet again in the pod world. Stay tuned for November, folks. Yes. Something fun coming. Yes. And um, can I reveal the Mean Girls thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, we just discovered we continue to overlap. So if you want a double feature of a lot of input on Mean Girls, we're providing. Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's actually, it would be a good back-to-back listen anyway. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's movies, you you should listen to movies that raised us first because you will be guided through the experience of watching the movie. So if you don't sit down and watch it, you will immersively get. No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. It should be. It should be. Oh, I know what you're going to uh, say. Listen I know what you're to the say. first half of ours, then listen to movies that raised us, and then go <laughs> there we to go. the second half. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Perfect. We're, Perfect. we're like the appetizer and yes. the dessert, and they're <laughs> like the yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There oh you go. Gosh. You have your orders, yep. people. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mo and Christina, thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yes. Of course. And to those listening in your homes, thank you for being with us as always. And we'll be back next week with another episode, as always. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingpictures.com. If you want to watch our show as well as listen, we're on YouTube too. Search sleepover cinema or go to the link tree in our Instagram bio. We're on Instagram and Twitter at tupingpictures and would love to hear from you there. We're also on TikTok at sleepover cinema and that's really where the party is at. And if you like the show, if it brings back evocative memories of childhood or tweendom or babysitting, share the episode with a few friends. Leave us an iTunes review telling us what movie you'd like to see us cover next and leave us a review if you like the show. And if you don't, don't. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah, and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Special thanks to executive producers Michael D'Aloya and David Moss. We'll chat again soon. Bye. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, Please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.
This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.